Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, I'm back again for another episode. Um, lots of positive feedback from several different uh, folks about the first episode and the fact that I'm bringing back Dictaphone and really excited about that. Um, it's good to hear from various people that uh, actually listen into the podcast. And it's always a delight to hear from random people that I would never expect um, to comment about the podcast and tell me that they listen in when I post. Um, and so that's, uh, that makes me feel, uh, really happy and, uh, it's a special feeling. So thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for coming along this ride with me. Um, I got some time this afternoon before I go into my shift. And so I thought I'd, um, get some thoughts down about a topic, um, that is very relevant to what I do every day as a practicing emergency medicine physician. Um, as I mentioned in the last episode, I recently joined Twitter. I've had a Twitter, I guess, for a while, but I've recently become more active on it, um, reading about med Twitter and um, following along with what my colleagues are posting and what applicants are posting. Um, and I guess it's, uh, you know, it's application season. So um, Eris um, opened up recently and um, Eris is the system that uh, everybody uses for medical school. Uh, for those that aren't in medicine to apply to residency programs. So it's the electronic residency application service. Um, and it recently opened up and um, interviews are starting to go out to several applicants and interview season is underway. I know our program is starting to interview applicants for emergency medicine positions at our residency. And this is happening um, throughout the country. Um, I don't think I've um, ever really talked about uh, how I ended up in emergency medicine and my emergency medicine application experience, um, how I ended up in emergency medicine is not really all that, um, you know, mind boggling. Uh, it just boils down to the fact that I went through third year of medical school. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. I bounced around between several different, um, specialties Thought I first wanted to do internal medicine. And then I did my OB rotation and really loved the OB part of it and the connection to patients and families thought I wanted to do that. Um, but I think what stuck out the most to me was I didn't want to be in a clinic. I just realized, um, after being in a clinic setting that it wasn't for me. And so, um, I started to try to navigate, um, different fields that offered that possibility. Um, I ended third year, not really knowing what I wanted to do. Um, until I got to my pediatrics rotation, which I believe was my very last core rotation for my third year. Um, and I had the option of starting off in the PZR um, for a week or two, um, if I'm remembering correctly. And so um, I spent time in the PZR, really loved the environment. I loved the pace. I loved the variety. Um, I loved the people that were there. Um, I think that was most important to me. I really loved the attendings, the residents, the fellows, um, and then of course the nurses and the techs and everybody working around you. It just felt like such a team environment. Um, and it was constantly changing dynamic. Um, you never knew what was coming into the door. Um, and everything, every single patient presented a challenge. And I found that really interesting and kind of goes along with my personality, I guess. Um, and that's, that's kind of really what, uh, tipped me over into emergency medicine. 
um, put in my application, I guess, after doing uh, my core rotations, meeting with advisors, um, getting my letter of recommendations, doing all that good stuff, um, submitted my heiress application. And, uh, you know, it wasn't the hottest, um, the hottest time, I guess, um, during my medical school career. Um, I ended up only getting six interview invites, actually, and two of those were from external programs that I had already rotated at. So I ended up getting a total of four um, interview invites um, outside of my rotations, and I guess you would even say three outside of my home institution. So um, I had always been told that I was a strong applicant. I mean, I had good grades, uh, was top 10 in my class um, in terms of ranking, which who knows what that even means. Um, had decent board scores. I mean, not stellar by any means, but definitely, uh, above average and, uh, thought I did fairly well in my, um, external rotations, thought I was personable. So I'm not quite sure what happened. I don't, I never really got an answer to be honest. Um, but yeah, I only ended up getting six total, um, interview invites, um, I think there was one program that I actually ended up not even ranking just because um, I had rotated there and I just really did not like my experience and had a backup plan in place that um, luckily um, an advisor, uh, a faculty advisor, not technically, but sort of a faculty advisor from a different specialty um, had helped me navigate and I figured I would end up doing a transitional year um, somewhere somehow um and then reapplying if things didn't go well and i and i and just ended up in a place where i decided if i wasn't going to get into these five programs i wasn't going to take a spot in the sixth program um just to say that i got into emergency medicine residency i was going to forego that um go into a transitional year and then reapply a year later and, and take my odds um in that route uh, some people didn't agree but you know at the end of the day you got to decide what's right for yourself um, so that was the decision that I made. Um, I obviously ended up um, in emergency medicine residency. Um, I went to UF Health Jacksonville. Um, it was my number one choice. I could not be more thankful for my experience there. Loved every minute of my residency training. Um, I was between UF Jacksonville and another program in the Midwest. Um, and honestly, it boiled down to the weather. Um, I flew back from the interview, landed in Jacksonville because that's where I flew out of to drive to Gainesville. Um, and I went from minus four degree weather to 72 degrees and sunny. And so growing up in South Florida, that pretty much sealed the deal for me. And I, you know, once I started residency July 1st, I didn't really look back and it's all, it was all, um, it was all a race from there to learn as much as I could, to pack as much as I could in the three years, uh, to be, to become the best doctor that I could become. Um, but yeah, the application process itself was, you know, uh, pretty, pretty daunting and, um, lots of sleepless nights, lots of insomnia, lots of stress, anxiety, worry. Um, and I'm, you know, seeing a lot of that on Twitter, lots of applicants, um, expressing concerns about interviews, um, and invites and going through the interview process. Um, and I, you know, I totally relate. I can, I can understand where those worries come from. Um, and it's tough. I mean, you have to put your best foot forward, even when things aren't going so well and you have an interview, you got to put your best foot forward. You got to, 
you know, put a smile on your face, have a positive attitude and hope for the best. So it's definitely challenging. Um, as chief resident, I had the opportunity to interview applicants on the other side for a year uh, with my two other co-chiefs. Um, and that was a very powerful experience just to see the process on the other side, see what's talked about, see what parts of an application are important, um, how people present themselves, the questions to ask during an interview to get an idea of what a potential applicant will, what will they do in the residency? How will they function? Who are they as a person? Um, you know, there are so many folks that come through these programs that you haven't ever encountered and you never will encounter again, probably. And there's so few that spend time on a rotation at a program. And so trying to figure out in an interview what this person represents and to sift through their credentials is quite challenging. Um, I guess I never really realized that. And uh, now uh, as a core faculty member at the program where I work currently, um, I'm going to be back in those shoes. And so um, I guess sort of uh, a next step in my career in terms of going back to this process of being involved in the interview process. Um, I haven't interviewed uh, any applicants yet. I haven't been part of that process. I'm going to be participating in an interview day later this month. Um, but before I got there, I wanted to sit down and share my thoughts about, um, about what I had gone through and what I, you know, what my experience was. Um, you know, there's a lot that's changed in terms of like emergency medicine and residencies and, um, the type of work that it represents in the last several years, especially going through the pandemic. Um, I think one of the most notable things um, or most notable pieces of information <clears throat> that is coming out this year that we're hearing from our leadership is that uh, emergency medicine applications are actually down all across the board. Um, and it's a down about, I guess, 17 to 20% are the numbers that I've been hearing. Um, and I think, I think that's a fair representation of, uh, you know, general sentiment about emergency medicine over the last two years. Um, when I was a, a medical student, um, emergency medicine was actually quite on the rise. I mean, emergency medicine residencies throughout the country um, have actually exploded. Florida in particular, where I did residency, um, a lot of these facilities just popping up, residency programs, increasing their workforce, um, and it created a lot of worry. Um, I actually looked up before I started recording this and um, there are now over 270, I believe 273 residencies, um, accredited to residencies throughout the uh, country. Um, that's a lot of residencies and it's just exploded over the last 10 years. Um, There's a workforce report that came out recently um, that basically said that by 2030, there's going to be an oversupply of emergency physicians by about 7,800 physicians. Um, so this explosion of residency programs is quite real and um, it's creating a lot of worry, has created a lot of worry amongst current emergency medicine physicians in terms of job security and um, salary and um the availability to move around the country and to live in desirable places throughout the country. 
um, whether you have to travel for work to be a practicing emergency medicine physician and earn a wage that is um, that can support, you know, yourself, a family and paying back loans. And um, so there was a lot of worry that's been created. Um, and emergency medicine residency applications were on the up and up and continue to rise, I guess, until last year, until now, because now we're seeing that they've dropped by about 20%. Um, and I think the reason for <clears throat> the rise in the applications where everything that everybody talks about, the, posit the positives about emergency medicine, it's shift work, you get paid very well, and you work about 13 to 14 shifts full time. Um, so a lot of that's really attractive for a lot of people. Um, you know, your time off is your time off. There's no patients that can contact you when you're not on shift and your time off is your time off. Um, so you have a great work-life balance. Yeah, you got to work nights, weekends, and holidays. Um, but the trade-off is that when you go home, you're home and nobody from work is bothering you. Um, so that begs the question then, you know, why the, why the 17 to 20% drop in uh, applications over the last um, year? And in this cycle in particular, and I think that's because of um, what's been highlighted in terms of what are the negatives about emergency medicine. Um, and I think the pandemic has really shown a light on that. You know, at the start of the pandemic, emergency medicine, uh, emergency department, excuse me, volumes dropped throughout the country. Um, shifts started to get cut. Hours started to get cut. People started to lose their jobs. Um, big companies like Envision and Team Health started cost-cutting measures, um, and this went on throughout the country. And so there was a lot of uncertainty and a lot of doubt about um, people's jobs and people's careers. Um, and so that sparked a lot of worry. Um, and I think in general, it just highlighted how difficult emergency medicine is. Um, we're strained uh, right now in terms of staffing, you know, um, patient volumes, have recovered and are now exceeding pre-pandemic um, levels. Um, and uh, we're, the system is just rough. You know, it's not uncommon for me to go an entire shift and see patients entirely in the lobby. Um, it's not uncommon for me to see patients in the lobby and they get evaluated and they get discharged from the lobby, never coming to a bed. And that's purely a product because hospitals are full, we're short-staffed. Um, or whatever combination thereof. And this isn't uh, a singular problem. It's not unique to where I work. This is throughout the country. I hear from my friends everywhere, whether you're an adult or pediatric emergency medicine physician, um, it's everywhere. Um, so the work is hard, even though you get paid well. Um, it's challenging. It's a grind. Um, you have to mentally prepare yourself every single day. There's a lot of extra stuff that you got to deal with. For example, I worked yesterday. Um, and just was verbally accosted by a patient's family members over the phone because I wasn't doing what they wanted to do despite my very calm explanation. So there's a lot of things that, um, that, are, that make emergency medicine very, very challenging. Um, and I think at a certain point, there were a lot of applicants that were okay dealing with the nights, weekends, and holidays. But when it comes to, you know, a day-to-day um, day to day challenges, um, and the reality of that sense sets in a lot of applicants are not willing to deal with, you know, scheduling issues or scheduling, um, uh, 
um, just regular scheduling, you know, whether it's like flipping around, doing night shifts randomly, um, whether your group does it in blocks or does it one at a time randomly, you know, you got to work morning shifts, afternoon shifts, night shifts. You got to do, you got to do all of it. Um, you got to flip around. You're going to have, you know, a short turnaround sometimes just to make an event. Um, whether it's like your kid's baseball game or a family event, or you have to travel for a wedding or you just want some time off. Um, you constantly are having to make sacrifices. Um, so there's pieces that make emergency medicine really, really, really difficult. I think the thing that, that what's most difficult for me today, um, is, um, the number of distractions I was doing a little bit of research, um, after reflecting on what I feel is most difficult about my job, um, and found some information that says, that said, um, an ER physician gets interrupted every 5.8 minutes. Um, whether that's, um, a nurse that has a question, you're handed another EKG, you have to answer a phone call. Um, you have to call a consultant. You have to go talk to a family member, see a new patient, follow up on labs. Um, you know, you're getting interrupted about 10 times an hour. So it really makes it difficult to have a clear thought process and, um, to be able to take care of patients, review data, interpret data, synthesize it, present something to the patients, their families, to consultants, and then decide what to do with these patients. And then you're doing it over and over and over again and averaging anywhere between two to three patients per hour for your nine to 10 hour shift. Um, so there's a lot of challenges. And um, for me, it's that in particular, it's the distractions. Um, it's the uh, interruptions that um, they never stop. It's, it's constant from the moment that you walk in. There are some days that it starts before I even put my backpack down. And uh, it continues until I scan out the ambulance bay and walk through the double doors. Um, so we'll see how, I guess, things shake out over the next several years. Um, I'm curious to see if the trend, I guess, maybe not trend, but this downturn in emergency medicine applications are going to continue. What's going to happen to this workforce prediction? What's going to happen to the number of residencies? Um, accredited emergency medicine residencies that exist throughout the country. How are medical students going to respond? Is this going to happen to other um, specialties? It's happened um, to anesthesia, I know. I know anesthesia at one point had similar concerns and a similar um, up and down in applications. Um, and like always, time will tell. Um, but, uh, but it's, but it's interesting nonetheless. And, um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be in a job where I'm happy. I like coming to work. Um, I like my colleagues. Uh, I like the physical locations that I work. I like working with the residents. Um, so I'm fortunate to have a job that I, that I like, and I like coming to, um, I'm fortunate to be part of a residency program. Now I'm fortunate to be part of the interview process and to be core faculty. Um, and it'll be interesting to have a front seat in sort of a way to what's going to happen to, um, academic emergency medicine and what changes will we see and how, you know, what's to come. Um, so I guess we'll see. Um, but anyways, um, that's my little spiel about my story of how I got into emergency medicine and I guess the, the state of where we are now, what's going on and what are the worries and what's going on with the, um, 
with the application process. Um, like I said, I'm going to be interviewing applicants um, over this application season. I'm sure I'll have some thoughts to share about that. Um, an exciting time, nonetheless, with another with another class in the pipeline. So a second year of residence that would be coming in next July. Um, and despite all of you know um, the talk about the negativity around uh, around the applications being down and the problems with emergency medicine, I mean this time of year for fourth year medical students is uh, is some of the best. I mean, you get to put your application out there. You get to travel to all these programs. Like, you know, at least I did. I hear a lot of these programs are doing remote um, applications still, um, but you get to travel around. You get to meet new people on the interview trail. You get to meet people that are wanting to go into the field that you're wanting to go into. Um, you get some time to enjoy um, the fruits of your labor um, get to enjoy the spring of medical school, enjoy your classmates time, um, enjoy the summer before you start all over again, um, at the bottom of the totem pole on your journey to becoming, um, a physician and whatever, you know, specialty you select. Um, and in that process, you get to enjoy match day where you find out where you're going. Um, so there's a lot of excitement, um, that still remains, um, for the, for the fourth year medical students. So, um, I'm sure we'll, uh, hopefully we get to chat with somebody. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll be back to post more. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody until next time.